Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which might be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. Each broadcast, I will be talking with mentors who may provide that roadmap for your journey. These coaches have paved the pathway for many players and coaches. Most have authored books and papers on tennis and life, and they continue to give back today. Who are these mentors? You might hear on our Thursday's broadcast, well, most often it might be either Alan Fox, who will be today's mentor, uh, Chuck Reese, Coach Chuck Reese is a regular, uh, Dr. Bryce Young, Coach Ashley Hobson, uh, Energy Coach Linda LeClaire. And during the last four plus years, I have been blessed to have other coaches like Ed Kras, Nick Saviano, Johnny Angels, Scott Williams, and many other college and high school coaches. You have also heard discussions with many others like FACA Executive Director Sheldon Cruz, Florida Tennis Magazine founder and editor Jim Marks, PTR and USPTA Executive Director Van Torum and John Emery, or any of a dozen of other college coaches, USTA officials, or industrial leaders who have who we have been blessed to have on our broadcast during the last four and a half uh, years. And because I do believe Dr. King's statement, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, I will add my personal views on tennis and life. Naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen anytime you choose to the Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Blessings or any of the other Yellow Ball Network broadcasts. Like, for instance, uh, Coach Chuck Reese's American Tennis. Anytime you choose. If you can't hear it live, you can tune in when it's convenient for you. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on our Facebook, you are missing out on some useful information. Besides our weekly conversation, the almighty willing, you will be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I have previously stated, if you disagree with my views or want to add something, email me at coachdenise.fhstca.att.net. That's Coach Denise, D-A-N-I-S-E, F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. In between issues, you may view some of Jim Marks or our photographers or writers or myself. We'll try to keep you current on Facebook at the Florida Tennis Magazine site. You just have to go to capital F-L 
tennis, and uh, you will be able to keep up with what's going on in the uh, tennis world. So let me get to my commentary now, and uh, hopefully we will have uh, Alan Fox on in a couple minutes. He'll be joining us. And uh, September 5th commentary is to ask the simple question, do you have a coaching philosophy? As many of you know, when I first started coaching 50-plus years ago, it was in basketball, and my two heroes were Bobby Knight and John Wooden. And some say I had a conflicted coaching philosophy and didn't know who I was. But I like to think I knew who I was. I was me, and I was just borrowing from the two of them. Later, when I joined my son at the John Denise School of Tennis, my next major influence was Dennis Vandermeer. Attending the first couple of PTR workshops 30-plus years ago were especially joyful since I was attending with my son, John. But after that, we were alternating who was attending the workshop and who was watching the store. Like thousands of other tennis teachers, I owe much to Dennis. To me, he was also like Bobby Knight and John Wooden in that he showed us the proper way to introduce tennis strokes and the importance of alertness, confidence, cooperation, enthusiasm, and the importance of being humble and grateful long beyond our tennis life and the tennis courts, which was so important. Yes, I am the same demanding individual who took on coaching, but I must say demanding in myself, demanding in my associates, and demanding in my family mostly. But my coaching philosophy has moderated as I gathered as much information as possible from the many books and events that I have viewed. For over six years, I've been sharing my tennis lessons and its effects on life's journey in Florida Tennis Magazine, and included in one of those articles were those I felt influenced my tennis journey the most. For almost five years now, hosting Thursday's Coach Denise Exploring Tennis Lessons broadcast with mentors who I respect and appreciate much, they who have also continued to provide a, a possible roadmap for our tennis journey and life journey. Yes, these individuals were important to me too because they influenced me as much as the many coaches and players, and they continue to share their experience. Uh, and on occasions, they debate policies. My recommendation for coaching to is to first know who you are and then love being a coach. If, like me, you will remain the same person, but as the years of coaching continue, and if you have had the opportunity to read or listen to uh, legends like Bobby Knight, Dennis Vandermeer, John Wooden, or today's uh, mentor, uh, Alan, Dr. Alan Fox, uh, like me, any of uh, of you will probably change your coaching philosophy 
will probably most likely be adjusted like mine was. But it's your advantage, and it, you have to be who you are. And I do see that today's mentor is here, so let's get today's broadcast. Dr. Alan Good Fox, afternoon, Donna. Good evening. Yeah, good evening and good afternoon to you. How are you doing? Uh, just fine, John. Just fine. Looking forward to our conversation this this afternoon. And me too. Um, I especially. Uh, go ahead, Linda. No, I I was thinking I, I was going to wait for you to start. You you asked me something. Well, we had a a few uh, topics to discuss, so I was going to let you set yeah, the, the uh, direction, and then we'll go. Okay, I just uh, I'm especially uh, joyful of today's uh, topic because uh, I think it's nice to hear these young coaches uh, express their ideas and everything. But I think, like life, coaches forget sometimes that it's a continuous learning experience. And I think uh, John Wooden uh, thoughts on this matter and having a higher value uh, can help not only the competitors and the individual people, but helping coaching. And I I think uh, that, uh, you know, very interesting. And we probably could get into John Wooden and his coaching record and his approach on coaching, which I know you had similarities, but, but maybe you'd like to go in and we could talk about that first. Well, I would say the, the, the biggest similarity between John Wooden and, and, and me was that we were both involved with UCLA. I mean, he was the UCLA basketball coach, and I played tennis at UCLA. But uh, I, I wouldn't even come, you know, dare to compare myself to Wooden uh, as a coach. I mean, I wasn't in his league, but uh, of course, I'm, I, in my opinion, I don't think anyone was in his league. I mean, John Wooden. Uh, for a, a for a ten year stretch, during a ten year period, John Wooden's basketball teams won the NCAA championships eight times. I think he won it ten times total in twelve years. Uh, but uh, there was a, a stretch where I think they won the NCAA seven times in a row. And and the probabilities of doing that are so low uh, as to be astounding. In other words, to win the NCAA uh, championship, you had to play a single elimination tournament against the best uh, teams in the country. And, and as we all know, there's variability in sport. I mean, no matter how good you are, uh, you have your off days. And, and, and here, Wooden is up against the best teams in the country, and, and, and no matter how good his recruiting was, no matter, uh, you know, whether his teams were better than the others, I mean, how much better could they be to win the NCAA championship seven times in a row? I mean, here, I, and I think back in those days, uh, the varsity team could only, uh, you could only play three years on the varsity. You played freshman ball the first year, uh, and then 
you had three years. So during that seven-year period, he had several total personnel changeovers, and yet every year won it. Uh, so y- y- you have to wonder, how, how did he do it? Uh, even with the best teams in the country, I mean, the odds are pretty slim. So, you know, y- y- you figure he must have had some magic. And and I, I I recall I think it was his last year coaching. Uh, at one stage I was uh, in right his last year or pretty close to it. Uh, his team was in the semifinals of the NCAA's, uh, and and I think they were down by four points with less than a minute to play. I think it was against Louisville. I forget. But in any case, I mean obviously. They were against one of the best teams in the country, four points, less than a minute, and they ended up winning the game. And then I think they won uh, in the final the next day, won the NCAA championships, you know, one one last time. But there were many times when UCLA was way down uh, and in a lot of trouble, and yet, for whatever reasons, they managed to come back and win. And so you wonder what kind of a ma- what kind of magic this guy must have had. I mean, why didn't his teams choke like like all of us do? I mean, I choked, my teams choked. You know, you just have your times when you're not that confident, and yet, you know, again and again his teams came through. So you wonder what it was that he told them. You know, when he have his teams on the sidelines in the crucial minutes or seconds of the game uh, how did they come through because I, I, I have yet to see the magic that stops people from choking getting nervous you know under pressure at the, at the crucial moments of the sport and so they, they questioned him you know the, the, the pundits asked him you know how did he do it what did he say to his kids and and of course, John, you 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 have some idea what his answer was, I'm sure. And that was, he said he didn't do anything. Uh, he 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 never talked about winning. Uh, he was he, he was a great one for preparation and uh, conditioning and and uh, character, but not not winning and and. Winning sort of came as a byproduct of his overall approach. And, and you know, one of the things he had going, one of the reasons he was the way he was, was he was a religious man. And, and, and much of his uh, philosophy came from, from, from his religion. Uh, I'm not here to push religion. I mean, it's not my business. But... But uh, I have to admire just the way the man was. I mean, he he was a man of, of very great character and, and and compassion, and but uh, you know, a very uh, directed, purposeful man. And so it, 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 it's just interesting that you know he he, he didn't talk about winning with his players. He didn't have any rah-rah stuff. It, it was all discipline, de- 
detail, preparation, effort, uh, consideration for others, uh, character. Some of his, I mean, his his expressions have been quoted many times. He would say, what do you say? You know, not to care about what others think. Your reputation uh, is is not as important as your character. You know, your reputation is what other people think of you, and your character is what you are. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, and and just you know, to come to the punchline of it all. Uh, you know, focusing on character rather than winning, it it takes some of the pressure off. Because you can control your character and you can control your preparation, your approach, but you can't control the winning. And so focusing on winning is focusing on something you can't control, uh, which in essence makes you nervous. And so it's better to focus on what you're doing and 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 uh, you know, and handling yourself and and controlling your emotions and so forth, rather than than focusing on whether you're going to win or whether you're not going to win, and and what that all means. Was that did I put anybody to sleep there? I hope not. No, no, no. I think it's so important. I think part of our problem is we look for quick solutions rather. <laughs> And people fall asleep too easy. I know being coaching basketball first and uh, being in love with things, but lessons, I always say, what can I take into this, you know, from for tennis? Because, you know, I wasn't a great college I wasn't a college player at all like you were. And, and you know, in the, the quarterfinalists at Wilmington, I had none of those credentials. But I had my son, a dad who coached basketball for so many years, uh, you know, joined me in this. And, uh, you know, the thing that I always remembered about John Wooden in my basketball days was being uh, prepared. Uh, it was so important. You know, I remember somebody asking him, well, where do you start with these players? You know, how do you prepare them? And he said, by making teaching them how to tie their shoes, and this uh, is it was put, it was put on their socks, John. It, it was put on their socks, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah, that's what he started with. Yeah. yeah, going back to religion, it is. I mean, it's a basics, not just religion. It's a basic fundamentals that I think we start going, and I, I think you would agree with me that his coaching. Basketball, everything he done, we could use it in tennis. No. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, his uh, his idea, one of his, uh, I think his his he had eight eight rules for learning for learning some new something, right. and 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 he said I forget exactly what the first three were, uh, you know, understanding you know, uh, method. And then finally he came to repetition. Uh, that was his, I think his fourth rule. And then his fifth rule was repetition, sixth rule, repetition, 
seventh rule and eighth rule, both repetition. I mean, he, he, he was a great believer in detail, you know, getting all the little things right, you know, and, and basically fundamentals over and over and over again, repetition. Right. And so a lot of people think that's boring. You know, they're not whatever they want result. And his idea was just repeating the fundamentals over and over again. You know, but there's something above that uh, because, you know, uh, his, his focus, he had a, a pyramid of success, which involved a lot of character issues, you know, thinking of others like, and, and you wonder how that all fit in, but it does fit in. You know, for instance, when when his team was a, playing an away game, uh, he would insist, you know, uh, in the in the locker room after the game or whenever that they fold the towels and leave the locker room neat. You know, he said, you know, it was he didn't want to leave it for you know others to clean up and pick up after his team, which is a sort of a, a small consideration detail that you wouldn't necessarily think was important. Okay. But, but all, all, a lot of the detail that he focused on was involving consideration and other people and teammates and things like that, as opposed to, you know, what you, you're personally going to get out of it. Uh, and that that takes the pressure off, okay? Because those are things you can do, and those are things you can feel proud of, whether you win or lose. Which was part of his philosophy was, you know, basically if you've prepared well and you've done your best and focused on the fundamentals and repetition and so forth, if you lose, you can still be proud of yourself. You did everything you could do, which is is a, a wonderful way to look at it and and I wish I had known that stuff when I was playing because I I felt a lot of pressure many times and did plenty of choking because I wanted to win so much I I didn't you know ultimately I think I somewhat learned uh to to focus on what I was doing and try to get my mind away from the score but uh, I wish somebody had told me that early on would have saved me a great deal of pain. Well, I think that's important. There's no two ways about it. But I also think that, you know, John Wooden talk, I remember him talking about, you know, his fathers and some of the basic, going back to the basic, basic fundamentals and what is right and wrong. And you talked about, you know, character before reputation. But I remember, yes. for instance, I think some of the things were things that I, I remember uh, my father, you know, telling me, uh, you know, they remember you're as good as anyone, but uh, don't forget you're no better than anybody. You've got to go out and, you know, and and he, I remember, I'm not sure where I saw it, but or heard it. I only heard him speak once, but saying something very similar to that. And so it was obvious he listened to his fathers. And I, 
I love to have, see, hear young coaches want to uh, go out and express themselves and tell their theories, but sometimes I think they forget that we all stand on somebody else's shoulder, and if I mean, there's, you know, most of what we learn come from, well, everything we learn comes from somebody else, not from, you know, I don't know, I don't know what I developed, nothing. Yeah, you know, just on on the topic of reputation, uh, what he meant by that, uh, I mean, we all know what reputation is, but, but uh, you know, I do a great deal of, of consulting with, with uh, players, mostly young tournament players that are, you know, very achievement oriented. Uh, and, and one of the things that, that causes them to be nervous is, you know, what are other people going to think if they win or they lose? Okay. Right. Uh, you know, it, it involves what other people think. Uh, and, and that's one of the sources of pressure that, that people feel to win. Because they, whatever they think their uh, image or whatever people them think of them would be enhanced if they win, and and uh, you know that's what he meant sort of by reputation. Uh, it's the pressure you feel from, from what other people are going to think about your results, and of course, if, if you if you if you analyze it a bit you realize that other people don't much care about your results. You know, they're, they're not terribly interested in whether you win this match or not. You, you think they, they are, and, and they pat you on the back if you win. Oh, great win. But they don't really care, okay? What, what most people are interested in is themselves. They're interested in whether, you know, they're winning or what they're going to have for lunch more so than than whether they care about whether you win this match or you don't. But, uh, of course, it, it is natural uh, for people to care about what other people think. I mean, that's we're a social species, human beings. And so uh, I think it's part of our wiring, actually, to be uh, concerned with what other people think of us. I mean, it's kind of wired in. You have to sort of go against that. I mean, we all want to win, of course. That's in our wiring as well. Uh, we're wired to want to achieve. But uh, it, it, it's not helpful in, 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 in uh, tennis competition, really. Uh, you, you sort of have to go against nature uh, to compete at your best. You have to go against this wiring that, you know, tells you to worry about what other people think or your drives for achievement. You have to, you have to go, wouldn't had it figured out. And, and, and I have to say, to me, there's a huge difference. I would not put, would, I would not put Bobby Knight in the same universe as Wooden, personally. I mean, it's just personal feeling. Uh, I mean, although Bobby mm-hmm. Knight was a very su- successful coach, uh, I, I've read books about him uh, and his his methods. Although they did work somewhat, uh, they never worked as well as Wooden's methods. And 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 
uh, Knight was was not of the same quality of person as Wooden. Just personal opinion. Uh, he he was he, he much more used fear. Uh, although Wooden Wooden did too. I mean Wooden. The, the players knew that when Wooden said something, he meant it. And, and, and if you didn't follow his rules, you're going to be on the bench in a hurry. Uh, but Knight, but, but, you know, I don't, I don't think Knight uh, emphasized character in the same way Wooden did. You know, he, he, he was much more a coach by fear. I don't know what you well, think I, of that. You, would that know. you were a coach more than I was. Well, I think that, you know, one of the things I struggled with early on and trying to find that balance is, I, you know, stress in the way he talks about reputation, you know, character is more important than your reputation. And I think you explained it very well. But I look back, you know, I came from the Marine Corps out when I started coaching. Well, I actually started in the Marine Corps. But... You know, I remember going through boot camp, and, you know, when I went in, I thought I was stronger and tougher and better than everybody, and then when I got in there, I found out I was a very normal person. And I remember uh-huh. in boot camp, uh, the drill instructor says, Denise, you look so tired. You're tired, ain't you? And I said, yes, sir. And he says, okay, so just start walking. So I started walking. I said, oh, good, we're going to take a breath. And the drone says, come on, everybody, keep keep running around Denise, keep running around him. Well, you know, your reputation, I didn't want to be, you know, the worst Marine. So I'm saying, no, 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 don't. So I started running, no, no, don't run, Denise, you just walk, you're tired. And so I guess, you know, I, 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 I related to Bobby Knight and some of the things he did. And, you know, it's arguable if uh, my son said I threw a uh, a chair onto the basketball court before Bobby Knight did, and I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it wasn't to hurt anybody. It was because I was trying to control the official. I was looking for a technical for my team rather than, God forbid, if my team took a technical they knew what the consequences with that was, and I saw that. So after everybody was at one end, I threw a chair at the other end. And I think my son was like six at that time, and he put his hand up, and he said, that's a technical no matter where. <laughs> and the official had no choice but to call a technical on me. So I I think in my early years, I did have a lot of Bobby Knight in me. And I well, sadly, John, I I was just going to say, sadly, John, then, I can't put you in the same league as Wooden either. Uh, which I, I, I wasn't, but for different reasons. I mean, it, it, you know, what I found coaching, one of the things that sort of su- somewhat surprised me a little bit is, is how much of uh, coaching is motivating. In other words, the, the, the great coach has to control the player in some way or another, okay? And, and one of the uh, tried and true methods football coaches use it and a lot of basketball is fear. In other words, you know, you're going to do it or something very bad's going to happen to you, 
and the coach is going to get very mad, and, and, and you're going to be in trouble. And, and fear is, a, you know, quite a good motivator. And, and, but Wooden had, had another level above that. So, so a Bobby Knight or a, a Denise <laughs> or other tough guys that came out of the Marines, that fear is going to make your team pretty good, okay, if, if they work hard enough. And, and you can motivate them as a coach, your teams are going to get pretty good, better than most teams, because most people, that's their weakness. They're not motivated and driven enough. So they get tired, and they're going to drop out. And you knew, you learned the Marines that, that you're tired, but you're going to push yourself to another level, uh, which is, I guess, one of the great, co- what the great coaches do with their people. But, but, that's not going to win, uh, you know, 10 NCAA championships in a single elimination over 12 years. Okay. Bobby Knight's teams could never do that because, you know, he could hump them up and motivate them and they might get a win. They might win an NCAA championship or, or two. But, but that level of consistency takes something even more, which is what wouldn't have. Uh, and that was the, the, the way he, he went after the character issue. Uh, so he could motivate and, and, and yet have them have higher, higher uh, goals also, uh, which is, a, you know, very difficult. I mean, I, I uh, you know, did I do that? I never stressed winning, by the way, with my teams, although I, I, I didn't motivate them hard enough either. But, uh Anyway, I like the way Wooden did it. Uh, it it's very no, difficult. Not many people can do it. Huh? You have to be a believer yourself, yeah, I, I which Wooden was. I mean, there's, no, there's no question he was a special man, and I think what he's left and given all of us is something that, you know, I, I mean, he's, I just can't imagine when I'm long gone and everything, he still isn't going to be uh, somebody that uh, you're going to want to sit there if you're deciding you want to be a coach and you don't sit there and study and evaluate and think about can I be that kind of person? Most of us can't be, I don't think. I think there's just a special person. But I also believe that I'm not sure everybody can coach everybody. Some people I hear coaches say, well, you just make adjustments. You can coach anybody. I don't think John Denise can coach everybody. I think there's certain people that, you know, uh, buy into what I'm saying. If they're not buying into what you're saying as a coach, uh, you're just not going to get somewhere. But I agree. To me, the greatest lesson John put in that I think about is when I go to people's graduations and go to my players' weddings and watch their first birth. And, uh, you know, on my trip back to Florida, I'll be stopping off to see one of my players who always makes it special. Those are the rewards. I always say you're not going to get paid. If you're lucky, you're not going to get really paid for what you're doing until years and decades later. But when you get that payment, uh, you know, it just it's the greatest thing in the world. And that, I think, is the influence that 
John Wooden had in me. When the, you know, you better be humble. Like you, uh, I forgot yeah. his exact words, but he's, you know, the way he said it was, you know, you better be hum- humble if you're going to be a good coach. And I believe that. Yeah. But, by the way, uh, you sort of touched on something that uh, I have gotten out of my coaching as well. I mean, some of my dearest friends now are players that I coached. I've stayed in touch with many of them, and I love my ex-players. Uh, you know, it's, there's a bond that you get as a coach, you know, in, in, in helping these young people develop. And I'm not saying that you or I were bad coaches because we weren't as good as Wood. I'm just saying if I had to hold up the greatest coach, I would hold him up uh, as opposed to Bobby Knight or me or anybody else. Uh, just for the way he was. You, you also touched on one other topic that, that uh, I've noticed in coaching, and that is that Bobby Knight, he, he could have read every one of Wooden's books and, and, and so forth and never coached like Wooden did because – that wasn't in his DNA. I mean, uh, Wooden did what was natural to Wooden, which was unusual. It was it, it somehow the perfect combination of hard work and drive, motivation, severity, uh, uh, discipline, and yet personal understanding. Uh, it, it was him as a person, which, you know, all of us can have some of it, but uh, I don't know anyone else that had all of it like he did. Uh, you know, Bobby Knight was was going to coach the way he was. You know, he couldn't do it Wooden's way. You know, if he if he wanted to, he couldn't. So, anyway, that's uh, you know I know I coaching for the yeah. Go on, sorry, John. No, no, no. Uh, I was just going to say I, when people ask me. For advice, I always say the first thing you have to do is learn and understand who you are because you can't change who you are. You've got to be you. And I think the one thing that both of them had, when you talk to the Bobby Knight players, very few of them talk bad about him. They loved him with a passion. The university loved him because he gave millions of dollars back. He was a given man like John Wooden was, but he wasn't, um, I to say, he had some of the same, I, I think I spent a lot of time with my players talking about, you know, one of the things they have to do is they have to understand how that talking to the press is important and they have to do it. And Bobby was not good at that. I sure the heck wasn't good at it. But to me, it's like a necessary evil. You know, that's part of your training. Just like John Wooden would teach you how to put your socks on and put your basketball shoes on. Okay, now let's grow from there. That's where we have to grow from, the basics. And then we have to do it over and over and over and over. And unfortunately, I'm not sure our education system still buys into that. Well, I... Our, our education system uh, leaves out, you know, the motivational issue. Uh, in other words, you know, to get really good at something, you have to do things that are hard. 
that are difficult. Like you found out in the Marine Corps, you got tired. It's hard, and you, you have to push beyond that. And and that's very difficult for people, and, and people have to be motivated to do it. And unfortunately, our educational system uh, has been infected by some of the talk from from psychologists, from people in my field. You know, we're, we're, they're so worried about, uh, you know, uh, self-image and, and this and that, and they don't want people to feel bad, you know, if they lose and, and, and that kind of emphasis on, like, taking care of your emotional system and so forth, that, that has led to, you know, people giving in to their weakness. I mean, if the psychologists had, had it and they were running the Marine Corps, when you got tired, they would have felt sorry for you. Oh, <laughs> poor John is tired. Yeah, he feels bad. We've got to take care of him. You know, let's, let's prop John up. The, the Marine Corps over the years has realized that people are inherently weak. I mean, they don't want to do hard things. I mean, none of us do. You have to be somehow something must drive us to do it. I mean, I was internally driven, uh, but most people aren't. Uh, and so the Marine Corps, they know how to handle that issue. You know, they kick your butt. And they'll motivate you. <laughs> they'll figure out how to do it. They, it it's the hard way. Uh, but people come out of the Marine Corps as better people in general. It would be very unpleasant. I wouldn't want to do it. But it probably would have been good for me. It would have made me into a better person maybe. Uh, but it, anyway, somehow wouldn't, wouldn't knew how to do it. Uh, you know, in, in tennis, the two greatest – Tennis coaches historically have been Dick Gould, who's the greatest of them all, and Glenn Bassett right. at UCLA, uh, who won, you know, a great number of NCAA championships. And and they were totally the opposite people. I mean, Bassett, Glenn was a, a workhorse, repetition guy, kind of like like Wooden, somewhat, you know, very strict with his rules. And his, co- his practices were very tough, and, and he, his teams were in great shape, and he was a great, tough guy, wonderful man. Uh, Gould, who was the greatest tennis coach of all time, uh, was, you know, different. I mean, he handled each player differently, and he knew what to say. You know, he was a great people guy, didn't motivate by uh, fear or I mean, his practices were not tough in general. And, and, and I saw his players do things that, you know, would have appalled Bassett, and Gould just sort of stood by. But you know, Gould had, had a couple of, you know, I mean, Gould had, 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 had good principles as well. I mean, he was a very honest man. But he knew how to motivate people personally, and he, he'd approach each, each player differently. Uh, whereas Bassett, you know, approached everybody the same. You got it. Uh, Gould was a genius, still is actually. Uh, you wouldn't want to. You try to do it like him, and you'd really screw things up. I mean, his way took his very, very high intelligence and people sense IQ uh, to pull it off. Most people 
just couldn't do that. You have to uh, do it other ways. But you know, if if you're a genius, I guess you can you can do it. You can do it his way. He certainly uh, the greatest recruiter. He understood as a college coach. I mean, he wasn't particularly a teacher of tennis like uh, uh, Wooden was of basketball or Bassett was. You know, he he knew how to get people up for the NCAA championships, however, and he knew how to get the best players to come to Stanford because of his people skills. Anyway, uh, it, but, but, I mean, he also, you know, uh, sort of understood the basics too, but he taught them in a different way. You know, I, I love the old stories of Wooden, though. It, you remember the oh, story God. about, you know, uh, Wooden and uh, uh, who was it uh, that came in that was sort of a hippie, great player, 6'11". Wooden? Not, uh, yeah, uh, oh, he, he's still, he's still an announcer today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's announced today. Yep. And it is career with the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Walt, 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 came in with a beard, you know, and, and Wooden said, uh, you know, we don't uh, have rules against facial hair here. So you, you, you'll have to shave that beard off. And, and Walton said, coach, it's my right to, to have a beard if I wish. And Wooden said, right. <laughs> you remember, he said, he said, uh, uh, well, Bill, he said, he said, I, I respect a man who has principles and sticks to them. He says, and I respect your right to wear a, a, a beard. He says, we're going to miss you around here, Bill. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hopefully you respect my right to determine my team. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it's my right to kick you off the team, too. <laughs> you know. And Wooden came. I mean, and and Walton came back the next day, shaved, uh, and, and no. he knew that Wooden meant what he said. There was just no two ways about it. Uh, so you know, those are, are these great stories about Wooden. He, he, you know, by the way, he was a he, he was very interested in tennis. He used to come out and watch all of our matches. In fact, and and. Uh, I remember he spoke at Glenn Bassett's uh, retirement dinner, uh, and and he said how much he admired Bassett and how much he admired the tennis teams. Uh, and there was one player back in my day that played basketball. I mean, there were others that did, but uh, a player named Larry Nagler played on Wooden's freshman team, first string. You know, great basketball player, uh, and a great tennis player as well. And, and Wooden said, you know, his one regret about tennis was that Larry Nagler quit the basketball team to play tennis. So he, he was interested in tennis. By the way, Nagler won the NCAA singles and doubles. He was a heck of a tennis player. Now a very successful lawyer, by the way. Uh-huh. Not that I'm 
putting in a pitch for legal services for Larry. He doesn't need it. He's, he's doing quite well. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, there was there was carryover and wouldn't appreciated tennis too. What the point of which escapes me, by the way. <laughs> anyway, well, John, think, have we uh, have we beaten it to death here with uh, you know this? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to. I, I think we are a product of our environment and product of our learning, and I think if you know people sit there and understand, and you know John Wood, and then in my case. Uh, you, you know, uh, Bobby Knight, I could relate to easier. But to me, they were high-integrity people. And then when I got into tennis, when my son, you know, he said, you know, Dad, why don't you join me? You know, you, you, you're you a coach, you're not a coach. But I didn't know. I didn't, you know, I enjoyed playing tennis, but I never played in college and everything. And Dennis Vandermeer, you know, I remember one time sitting – uh, you know, out there, and he asked me, you know, what I'm thinking with people, younger people partying. What are you thinking? And I said, I'm thinking about going home. And he, and he said, why? That's what I said. I think the lessons, and that's why I think of him even with John Wooden, was, you know, I say, you know, look at all these people and the talent, and I don't know, you know, I'm not a tennis player. You know, I never played at UCLA. I never played at Wilmington like you did or Anything, but he says, but he says, if you have, you know how to coach, and he said that'll give you an introduction. But once you get those people, if you want to build a business, then you better learn how to coach. And you know, and I think you know that's John Wooden talking in a way. You know, you better develop a basic understanding of what you're doing, and you got to start from the beginning. And I think his. Religious or Christian thinking and upbringing, you know, you don't, and whatever religion you're in, that helps you because if you don't love what you're doing and you don't love the people around you, I don't know if you uh, can be a good coach. I always felt I couldn't be, but I guess people smarter than me could be. Well, uh, you know, I, just two two thoughts as you were. Uh, going along there, John. One of them was about Dennis Vandermeer, who I just wanted to say a few words about because I, I, I knew I've known Dennis, or uh, unfortunately he's passed away for about right. 60 years. But but Vandermeer was another genius, like Gould. Uh, he was a genius, maybe in a different way than than uh, Wooden. I mean, he wasn't running a team particularly, uh, but he was a right. great. He was a genius. He was a, a great people guy, uh, and he he created a, you know teaching methods and 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 he created basically his own his own uh, USTA, you know the PTR, which is a wonderful organization. But basically, the PTR is Dennis Vandermeer, and and, and the PTR has thousands of of members all over the world, and and he created it. I mean. That's an incredible achievement to to create a, a an organization that's somewhat on par with the USTA and the USPTA, which are huge, great organizations. Here, this one man created his own, which that's kind of astounding. Anyway, very 
sad for all of us. He got old and passed away, unfortunately. Great man. Uh, anyway, uh, I had one other thing that I was going to mention, but I forgot what it is now. I got I got off on on on, on Dennis. Uh, anyway, man, I think we've and that, and I think you know again have to you know we forget sometimes the basics. We forget the repetition. They you better do it over and over and over again, and uh, you know to the to develop you know thing. But you also have to be you. And, you know, there's some things you could do, and there's some things just isn't. I don't think you could go out. I I have a hard time with this is the way you have to do it, truthfully, because if that doesn't fit who you are, you know, can you do it? I think back, and I have to admit, at one time uh, there was a complaint because the USTA had, uh, in the team coaching, they had a no-cut philosophy. And I've ran that, and I thought I ran a no-cut, but I can't object to, I had player-parent meetings in high school, and you did that for three months before we could legally start coaching. But you signed uh-huh. a contract. You had an agreement what you had to do. But th- that was me. Uh, and was I cutting people? Uh, the people that complained that I was not a high... That a uh, no cut coach uh, to a way, you know, I have to agree. Yeah, I was cutting people. There are people that I didn't think could fit in. I, you know, I taught the, you know, you have to know each other, you have to love each other. And we would do simple things that I took from John Wooden is that, you know, who would, what's that person's favorite ice cream? Tell me something about the person next year. How can you get to know that person and help that person if you don't know who they are. So I felt what I was doing, and it was legal under the rules, uh, but, if you know, I said, you want to take the no-cut coaching thing away from me? You know, God bless you. You do it. I'm not going to change who I am. And part of that came from, you know, this is what is expected from you. This is what you should expect from me. And this is how we're going to do it, you know, because I'm running the program. Yeah, just two quick ones. One is uh, the relationship between selfishness and stress. I think uh, because, uh, you know, there's two aspects of Wooden or any coach, I guess. Uh, One of them, you know, in order to create a great team or great player, you know, one of them is motivation in order that that the individuals, you know, work, you know, push beyond their own uh, limits and laziness and, and uh, they are driven to do hard things because that's what the repetition involves. Uh, but the second aspect of it is being able to perform those acts under pressure, you know, in, in, in the big moments and in the, in the tournaments. And, and, and that's where, you know, Wooden was exceptional, I guess, uh, he, he could drive them. He was tough. They learned the, the, the basics. But when it came down to the pressure of the game, his team performed, you know, again and again and again. And, and that, I believe, is where the higher values and focusing on what you can control and not worrying about, you know, outcomes so much or what you can't control. 
which is, you know, that that that's a difficult uh, that's a difficult one to get across because it goes against, you know, the individual's nature, which is, you know, inherently selfish. You know, all of us are are selfish to start with, uh, and and we need to be taught, uh, you know, to think of others, you know, before ourselves so much. Uh, and, and not that we don't genetically have empathy for others, but our own selfishness is, is uh, you know, more powerful in general. Uh, and so people have to be taught and, and it has to be stressed to think of others, which, you know, unfortunately, modern psychology has gone against. Modern psychology has stressed the individual at the expense of the individual being giving up some of his own selfishness for, for, for others. Uh, and, and it's right. letting more stress and, and, and nothing but poor outcomes. So I just want to throw that out. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I agree with you a hundred percent and being understanding that I was no John Wood and I was looking for as much help as possible. And it wasn't beneath me to tell my t- teams that I expected them to help me. I expect them to, to recognize when their teammate was in trouble that, you know, you had to do something. Well, I think we killed this subject, Alan. Uh, I, I just uh, I appreciate you being on. I, I, I appreciate you picking that topic because I just, you know, John Wood and I could talk about all day uh, long. Um, but uh, I do need to remind uh, the people that we will, as far as I'm concerned, we're still on vacation. I'm in Connecticut now with my family. I hope you enjoy your family. But we're not going to have another broadcast until October. Uh, and uh, part of I talked about the game of tennis, when you break it down, it's a game of Time and that's when our stroke selection, where we are on the court, where we're going. But it's also about coaching and when you're taking, how much time will it take to develop somebody? How much time, if they're doing something, is it worthwhile trying to make a choice? How much time will they take? And as a coach, like I said, you have to remember you got to make time for your family. So I'm making time for my family. And like I said, uh, I'm blessed to have people like Alan Fox, uh, Chuck Reese, and uh, uh, the, the coaches we have that I've learned so much from just by doing this broadcast from. And I'm just not going to up all their time. So I will see you in October, and I'll let you know a few weeks before when. And, Alan, I just appreciate you being on the broadcast, and thanks for uh, the topic. Any last words you'd like to talk about? My last words would be to thank you, John, for your service to the country, uh, your Marine Corps experience, uh, whatever. I, I and, and Wooden, of course, was a lot better person than I am. I, I will admit it. Uh, I, you know, I'm as good as I can be, but not as good as he was. So anyway, we well, can all learn. I, you know, it'd be nice I, to start over actually with all the stuff we know now, <laughs> and and go back. Wow. 
we've made a lot less mistakes than we made, eh, John? Right. Not, not going to happen, I, of course. I, I agree. I wish I, I, wish I could uh, have met him earlier. Wow, thank you. And thank you. Well, thanks for having me, John. I- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.